Welcome to episode 159 of the Mind Body Abusings podcast, where we are going to be having returning guest Hannah Beer joining us on the show. Hannah is a soulful success coach for brilliant, heart-centered women who are ready to live beautiful lives while building soul-aligned businesses or careers that have changed the world, have world-changing impact. She helps passionate souls discover their life's work, rock the divine mission they are here to lead, and live the beautiful and rich lives they dream of. Hannah is a mentor, master class certified coach, emotional healing expert, and priestess of the divine feminine. Today we're going to be diving into the divine feminine, what it means to be a priestess, goddess archetypes, and how to understand and use goddess archetypes to access parts of yourself that you have hidden away. Before we head on over to that juicy conversation, here's the review of the week, and it comes from Turquoise Mango, and they say, wise and inspiring with five stars. Maddie is wise, inspiring, and interviews some really fascinating people. Thank you for your wonderful podcast and keep up the good work. Thank you, Turquoise Mango. I'm currently in Alabama. Yes, Alabama. Because every year I have this family reunion that happens in Alabama for one week. I'll tell you all a cute little story, actually. So my grandparents, when they were on, they grew up in the same neighborhood like many of our grandparents did do. And uh, one day my grandparents were like walking and I think my grandpa had just come home from the Navy and my grandma was walking outside in the neighborhood and my grandpa pulled up in his car as she was walking and said, where are you going? And she said, I'm going to buy some black shorts. And then he said, or no, then she said, where are you going? And then he said, I'm going to go buy some black shorts with you. And so then she hopped in the car and they went and bought some black shorts. And there's actually a photograph of her laying on the couch wearing those black shorts, which is really adorable. But the the story I was actually going to tell that kind of just came out. But the story I wanted to tell is that on their, I guess their, I think it was their like third date, there was a bridge that had just been built that went from Mo, not Mobile, Alabama, but um, some other part of Alabama, the bridge closed the gap between that and a little gulf called Dolphin Island, Alabama, which you may have heard of, maybe not, most people don't know about Dolphin Island, but it's a little private gulf, and they were the fifth car on one of their first dates to cross the bridge. It was like a big day, the grand opening of the bridge, and they hopped in their car on one of their dates, and they were the fifth car to cross it over. So now every year we all gather together, about 40 or 50 of us, and we go to Dauphin Island, we rent out four or five beach houses, all the families kind of break up and stay in different houses, but we come together during the day for beach, and we have like Olympics Day, and then we have Italian people in the family, and Polynesian people, and Singaporean people, big old family, and so every night we make different foods from different parts of the country, and it is just a blast. We look forward to it every single year, and so that's where I'm going to be when this podcast releases, so I just wanted to tell you all that cute little story, and so you know, yes, I am in Dauphin Island. If you see my Instagram stories, me off somewhere, that's where I am. So before we head on over to the show, two more announcements. I want to give a warm shout out to our sponsor for the show, Four Sigmatic. If you want to try out Four Sigmatic and get your mushroom mix packets and see what this hubbub is all about, because I know it's just exploding everywhere, all the medicinal properties of mushrooms, then you can use the code MADDY, M-A-D-D-Y, for 10% off at Four Sigmatic. So I also have the coupon code as well as a link to their website on the show notes for this episode, episode 159. You can just 
just click that and order there. And I highly recommend that you do that and you get the hot cacao mix, the Viking mix, or the uh, coffee mix. The coffee mushroom mix is one of my favorite because it's just a staple every day. I can make that. You could even make bulletproof coffee with their mushroom mixes. If you just use one of the packets and put in a little bit of um, almond milk and some warm water and some butter and some coconut oil, maybe coconut milk. Mm, so good. Cinnamon. Yeah, it's amazing. So try that out. And then last but not least, of course, Mexico City trip is coming up August 3rd to the 8th. If you want to be a part of that, I would love to have you just click the link in the show notes for this. If you want to see more about it, it's going to be an incredible adventure where we're going to be refurbishing a school and then spending the other half in a Mayan temple doing meditation, yoga, all that fun stuff. And it's in Mexico City. So if you're around here in the United States, flights generally are not that expensive and the entire trip altogether includes food and accommodation and all that transportation besides the flights. So check that out. I would love to have you. If you have any questions, please do reach out. Without further ado, let's go head on over to listen to Hannah Bier and me talk about the divine feminine. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. And we are back here with Hannah Beer, and I am so excited to have episode, I guess, number two with her. Second episode that I recorded with her on my podcast. The first one was a hit. It was exceptional. Love having chats with Hannah, so I'm so excited to have her here today to do a totally different topic from what we talked about last time, but all still very connected. So welcome to the show, Hannah. Hi, Maddie. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be back. I love being on your podcast. The last um, interview we did is my all-time favorite. I just love it so much whenever people come up to me and they want to hear about my life story and like know about me. I always send them that interview because it was so, so much fun. So I'm really glad to be back. Thank you so much. That's so good. I love hearing that. And that was seriously like I got so so many comments on that one. People were obsessed with it. So I'll make sure I include a link to that in the show notes for this one so that people, if they haven't heard it yet, they can go back. But yeah. And ever since then, like, I feel like me and you got really close when I saw you in Amsterdam and that was so much fun. And I like get sad every now and then that we don't live in the same place because it would be so nice. Yeah. We're internet besties now, but I remember meeting you in person and, you know, for like everybody who hasn't met Maddie in person, she's just so incredible. Like, do you know those people who you meet 
and like afterwards you lie awake in bed and you feel so happy I remember you know partying with Maddie I'm like talking to the tribe now I'm sorry Maddie to exclude (laughs) you here but honestly it's so incredible to meet people in real life who are so like you and so you know I, I just felt like I met like my soul sister and I remember being so excited so refreshed so like it really changed a lot about my life meeting her and I'm sure people who have like attended your retreats before Maddie like they feel the same but I don't know it's just so nice that we have the internet and that we can connect in that way and come visit each other it's so cool sweetest words thank you and I felt the same way like I don't think I ever could I mean I can sit and have a long conversation but like four to six hours of sitting and just being immersed in conversation like that's all you and me and that was wonderful and I just feel like we have like soul sister chemistry and yeah it was just amazing so I am very grateful for the internet to keep the relationship going I of course wish that we were in the same place but I feel the exact same way about you and all the beautiful insight and wisdom you have that you're going to share with us today. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, I'm excited. So for everyone who has not listened to that, let's just do a, a mini, it's hard to say a mini recap of like your background and story because you have so much richness to it. But if you can give us the the deep dive in the condensed version of how you got to where you are today, that would be magnificent yes okay I'll try so I had a really 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 difficult upbringing you know just anything you can expect or imagine going wrong for somebody growing up in the western world basically happened to me you know um parents not being there for you crazy custody battles rape Um, eating disorder starting at the age of nine, suicidal by the age of 12, um, anxiety disorder, panic attacks, what else, severe PTSD, and I started therapy at 14 years old because life was just incredibly hard for me. You know, I felt all alone. I had this crazy anxiety disorder, which for me felt like and look like almost like epilepsy. So it's like I lost um, I lost control over my body whenever there was a trigger for this anxiety. And so I would, you know, like slam my head against the wall. I would hurt myself and I would cry for hours. And it was just agony. And as a result of that, my nervous system shut down because our bodies are incredibly smart. So if there's too much information rushing through your nervous system, too much danger, 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 it basically shuts down. So as a result of that, I became really numb and I basically stopped talking to my family because I simply wasn't able to. And so at 14 years old, my mom kind of got fed up with me. She was like, the neighbors are talking. Um, I was a Girl Scout at the time, so she was like, the people, you know, the other Scouts are talking about you. They all say you're weird. They all say you're incredibly skinny. I don't see what's wrong with you. Just get your shit together, and if you don't, I'm going to send you to a therapist. So at that time, I kind of didn't care. I was really not even living. I wasn't really alive. I was just um, doing life, and it was I tried ending my life and I didn't eat much and I was like ready to go. But it does take a lot of force and energy to make that 
to, to take that step, which is also why, like, when you do some research about suicide, you'll see that people don't commit suicide when they're at the lowest point in their lives. They do it when they're getting better because you need to have some sort of mental clarity. You need to have a little bit of, you know, physical strength to go through with it, and I just didn't have that. So I was always almost, like, halfway dead. I was really in the worst place, and then my mom sent me to a therapist. So for the first time of my time in my life, I had somebody who asked me questions and who listened to me and who said, um, Hannah, you have to live. Like she was invested in me being here. And that was something that was completely new for me because I felt completely invisible before that. And then at one point, um, so I stayed in therapy for a long time, I think until I was 18. And I remember at one point hearing my therapist say, it's going to be it's going to be okay again, Hannah. And I looked at her and I thought, I don't think you understand because I don't remember it being okay ever. You know, the mess that my life was started before I was born, you know, with my parents not getting along and just crazy stuff happening there. And then I was born into a mess of a life where really nobody wanted me. And so I was just like looking at her and I was thinking, what the hell am I even doing here? I don't even remember it being okay. I didn't even come on this planet being okay ever. So how in the world could I possibly heal? Like how could it ever get any better when, I don't know, just my predisposition in life is so different from everybody else. And most people who I hear about in the news and elsewhere, like they all die at 27 or they all become drug addicts after, you know, experiencing the things that I've experienced. So at one point I was thinking, is this even worth it? You know, can I even make it? And so, but you know, she was, she was invested in my well-being and I was like, okay, I'll just try it. Because the cool thing is that when you're really at that low, you realize that you have a choice, you know, and that there's nothing you could possibly lose. So I graduated from high school. I moved across the country. I was growing up in Germany, by the way. I moved across the country. I started fashion school. And in fashion school, I started drinking. So I became an alcoholic because I just didn't know what else to do with my life. And at one point, I had like this crazy moment. And I thought to myself, hey, doggy. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so at one point I had this crazy moment where I thought to myself, what am I even doing here? Like, I'm not really living life, and I'm also not really, you know, giving up. Like, I'm in this in-between, and I just made the decision to try and live, to try and heal. So I finished um, college. I have a degree in international fashion management. I moved to Bali. I had some experiences. I moved back to Germany, and now I live in Amsterdam, and basically I made the decision to really commit myself to learning how to heal, because I realized that my therapist didn't know what it took. I realized that the coaches I hired didn't really know what it took. I noticed that the books I was reading, you know, they had some wisdom in there, but I needed, like, the deepest kind of healing you could get. You know, I needed to build a life from scratch. I needed to learn everything, you know, money, relationships, health, everything, because I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't have anything. And 
So I really went on this journey to discover all of that. And a lot of what worked was archetypal healing and energy healing and emotional healing and a lot of spiritual healing. And it's really incredible. And now I'm working as a coach. I'm a soulful success coach, emotional healing expert and priestess of the divine feminine. And now I'm helping my clients heal any and all imbalances that they might have. And it's funny because my clients usually don't have such a crazy life story, but we all have our hiccups. You know, we've all have had our experiences. We've all had our trauma, you know, or maybe our parents and our ancestors have had some trauma. We've had some, you know, just some stuff happen in our lives that made us shut down in some way, that made us... Um, shut down parts of us. And I'm really excited now that as a result of this crazy, crazy intense journey that I've picked up enough tools and I've, you know, healed myself enough that I can now share this with others. I love your story, your journey for so many different reasons. But one of the things that I love the most about you, Hannah, is that there are many speakers, guides, healers out there who won't share the darkest of the dark from their life and you lay everything out on the table. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're so magnetic, your energy, but also because you're so, even though of course I have not had nearly the type of experiences you've had, you're still so relatable because everyone has struggles, everyone has experienced struggles in their life in those moments of is life worth it because things get really hard and sometimes it does feel like no one is there to listen or care and it seems more practical or easier I guess to self-harm or to continue to put yourself down than it is to actually face quote the music and face what's what's the deeper things going on in your life that need fixing and and actually having hope and finding resources to help you along. And you're so open with your journey about how you went through all of these different struggles for many years of your life. But you have lived on all the different sides of the spectrum. So I remember you talking to me about how you are this priestess. And I, I, I don't know why, but I'm really wondering. I'm wondering why, or I guess not why, but how, if you were born... A priestess and you were born having this very intuitive wisdom do you think that your hardships were even harder for you because you were destined for being a spiritual guide and since you were pushing down so much of that part of yourself it was like you were pushing down the biggest parts of yourself and that's why you're now so magnetic and you're so vibrant because you're really stepping into that true version of yourself that was repressed for so many years Hmm. I guess so. Maybe. Maybe. So there's, okay, so there's a part of me that thinks, all right, it makes a lot of sense. So I went through all this stuff so that I can see every single piece of the human spectrum, you know, so that I can see the lowest of the low, the highest of the high, and be able to relate to it all. And I mean, that's just incredible schooling. I'm like, whoa soul the thing you've like guided me through that's incredible and there's also you know the human part of me that thinks well it would have been nice to just be able to be joyful and happy without all this but I don't know you know at the end of the day that's what happened and that's that but there's also part of me that thinks it was pretty intense and I wouldn't necessarily say it was worth it 
And it definitely, 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 you know, equipped me for the work that I do now, whether it's a client who's, you know, gone through incredible stuff or somebody who's had a pretty good life but still needs to heal some things. And, you know, from my perspective now, it's definitely a blessing. But, yeah, I don't know, you know, because I have this deeper wisdom that says, sure, it was worth it. And then I also have this thing where I was like, it was just so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. I don't wish this on anybody. Like, sometimes I hear people say, oh, I'm so glad this happened to me because it was really painful. And I would never say that about my story. I would just think, why the hell are you raping a seven-year-old girl? Like, nobody deserves that. I would never, you know, but maybe that'll change over time. You know, maybe there's still some stuff that I haven't healed yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I, like, I understand, I don't, that too, I can't be like, yeah, one day, baby, (laughs) because that experience being a seven-year-old girl, I don't, I, putting myself in your shoes, which I really can't, but if I were to, I think the pain is so real that it would be difficult to look back and say, I'm so glad that that happened to me, because you know there are other seven-year-olds going out, like, right now, experiencing that horror, and that makes it so much more real. It's not just just something of your past, but it's actually the present for some people out there. And that fact is so dark and so real and so painful that it keeps you connected to that pain and it's hard to look at that and say, I'm so glad, I'm so blessed to have this experience because it is hard. It is very, very, very hard and sick. And I know that there are other people out there that are still working through those memories and those experiences and that that is very sad and I think that connection to the pain is what keeps it from being something where you're like this is such a blessing mm-hmm. yeah and I also just don't want to fool myself you know what I know for sure right now is that I can help you know that's what I know all I know is that people are coming to me and they want to heal and they want to you know squeeze the best out of their lives like they want to milk their lives dry they want to get the best out of it and just you know fully live it fully enjoy it fully experience it Mm -hmm. and that's what I can help with and yeah like I don't know that's just what I know Mm -hmm. yes so what are goddess archetypes and so this is a two-part question what are goddess archetypes that's the first one I'll just ask you that Mm -hmm. okay so Something that I love about my work is that I get to coach my clients with the use of goddess archetypes. And so, first of all, I would like to just explain a little bit of the background. So when you think about source or God or the universe or love, you know, whatever your word is for that, you know, it's like this this thing that feels like bliss and joy and peace, you know, the highest, most exciting, orgasmic um, feelings, and we can look at this, you know, at this divine energy through different lenses, so it's almost like you're wearing different glasses, you know, like with a different tint of the glass, of the, you know, glass, and so those are basically the goddess archetypes. You know, they're, they're the different flavors, the different qualities of God. 
there are the different qualities of the divine. There are the different, you know, for example, there's like the, the rough part, the messy part, the wild part, the fire, the, you know, totally untamed, like can't be held together, totally all over the place. And then there's the part that's, you know, really like straightforward, self-disciplined, focused, you know, all of those different flow states that exist within the frequency of source. And so the goddess archetypes look at source energy, at love and light, at this divine energy through a feminine lens. So we look at God. Some of us call it the goddess. So we look at the goddess. Let's just call it that. And we see 13 different faces of the goddess. So every single person has all of the archetypes within them. So if you're thinking about yourself and you say to yourself, I am, you know, lazy, but I'm really good at listening. I am confident, but I'm also really shy. I am this, I am that. You know, who you are is everything. And so when we look at those goddess archetypes, we look at the different things that you are. You know, we look at the entire spectrum of you, everything that you could possibly be. Um, am I explaining that in a way that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Makes total sense. Cool. So, okay. How, keep going. How you, how did you get so familiar with the different goddess archetypes, and how do you identify with one at any given moment? Or how do you use this? How do you use this to like further self awareness? Yeah. Okay. So even. Okay, so since I was born, I've always had those awakening moments. I've always had those moments where my soul left my body when I was asleep or my soul left my body when I was in the vicinity of Avalon, which is a place in Glastonbury, the UK, where the priestesses of Avalon used to live and still live in like behind the veil, if you believe in that. And so I've always known that I was a priestess and I've always remembered a lot of priestess wisdom so as a little girl I was like walking through the garden and I was collecting herbs and I just knew what to do with them you know I was talking to animals I was talking to spirits guides ghosts and I was able to see um energy fields and that hasn't happened until today like I've always been the sensitive and I'm still the sensitive now and I also remember a couple of past lives of me being a priestess you know and so when I first traveled to Avalon, when I was, I think, 14, like a lot happened for me around the age of 14, I went on a school exchange to this place, and I remember being there, and just the frequency of that place was so magnific magnificent, was so different, that I had this awakening of remembering being a priestess in this ancient place called Avalon that was, you know, when Christianity came to the UK, that was when this place... Um, kind of, you know, was forgotten about. So it's a really, really old priestess lineage, and I remembered being a part of that. And then years later, when I was part of a coach's mastermind, the woman, Janine Yoder, who was leading the mastermind, introduced us to the goddess archetypes. And so, you know, there's these oracle cards and a book, and we did some meditations on them, and it was like remembering. You know, I remember also learning French when I was 15 and I didn't have to learn it because I knew it already. It's almost like when you read Mozart's um, story and he knew how to play the piano. You know, he was such a 
little child and he already knew how to do it. And the same was true for me with, you know, for example, speaking French and now for the goddess archetypes and being a priestess. So I rediscovered the priestess, the goddess archetypes when I was in that mastermind. And I thought it was so cool because I was able to really use them in a very practical way in my own life and in my life with my clients. So for example, um, I can even give you an example of a priestess and an ex- uh, of a goddess, and I can explain to you how to use it, because I think that would probably be the easiest way to understand how, c- how you can use those goddess archetypes. Yeah, do it to it. Okay, so my favorite, oh, I don't want to say that. Okay, one of my favorites, because mm-hmm. I love them all, one of my favorite goddess archetypes is the Lady of Communion. And if you're not driving and in a safe space, feel free to close your eyes as I'm explaining a little bit about this goddess. So the Lady of Communion is the goddess of the forest. She is the goddess of the deer, of the horses, of the unicorns. She is the goddess who walks through the forest in her golden dress with a circlet on her head, her bow and arrow on her back, and she's, you know, so in tune with nature. And every goddess archetype has a couple of light qualities and a couple of shadow qualities. So the light qualities are the qualities you embody when this goddess archetype in you is very strong. So every goddess archetype is kind of like an energetic frequency. It's it's this energetic pattern that makes your, like you, so your body, your spiritual body, your emotional body, your mental body, vibrate at a certain frequency and heals you in some way. So... When you embody this goddess and when you're really in tune with this goddess, you'll have her light qualities and you'll start moving away from her shadow qualities. So her light qualities are intention, spiritual warriorship, impeccability, sovereignty, authentic presence, androgyny, integrity, discipline, self-empowerment. She's abundant, independent, resourceful, responsible, strong, practical and capable so whenever I or you know somebody in my life or a client could use some of those light qualities you know when they feel like I keep like falling off the wagon I'm not really sure I feel like my feminine and masculine balance is totally out of whack um I'll have them invoke this goddess so I'll have them meditate on her i'll have them go to the forest i'll have them go horseback riding i'll have them read stories about unicorns i'll have them you know practice some archery i'll have them wear emerald green clothes which is the color of the goddess i'll have them work with the element of earth so through working with the symbols and um the totem animals and just you know Also, the stories of the Lady of Communion, this energetic pattern moves into your body and you start vibrating at a different frequency and you'll get all of those wonderful light qualities. But she also has a bunch of shadow qualities. So let's I'm going to read those out and you can just think to yourself if any of those apply to you. Issues of power or powerlessness, overzealousness, blame, unclear motivation or intent, perfectionism, overachieving, overdiscipline, righteous indignation, and overprotectiveness. So 
these are the shadow qualities you can expect to move away from if you devote yourself to invoking this God is more. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, and so it's really fun. Like, you can basically just play with her. So, for example, she also has a bunch of sacraments, which is pineapple and fresh mint. So you can eat more pineapple and fresh mint. You can meditate and visualize being in a forest. You can read about some goddess stories, like Artemis is an embodiment of the Lady of Communion. Diana, Rhiannon, and Bast, um, you know, Durga, Goddess Bridget. Like, they're all goddess stories of different cultures who embody this frequency of the divine. And what I love the most about goddess archetypes is that as you're working with one goddess archetype and you're learning to really embody it and you're becoming her like qualities, you're becoming her, you're discovering new parts of yourself, you're bringing them back into your conscious awareness and you're living them, embodying them, you not only get access to more parts of you, to more characteristics, to more skills, you're just becoming a more whole human being and you're just, you have access to your entire range of what's possible for you. So you're not just the limited person who you've become as a result of your upbringing, your you know, family lineage, your life experiences, but you're really this unlimited being that you truly are. Oh, it's so cool. I love this. This is amazing. It's like this entire new avenue, and it's a, it's a tool really as well to get to know so many different sides of yourself because I think many of us want to cling to these labels of this is who I am. I am this and I am this my entire life. And I think archetypes in general really challenge that. They challenge that belief that you're just this one dimensional creature because you have so many different sides of you. And there are a lot of different sides that have been repressed. Like we were talking about your past and then my past has been tons of different sides of me has been repressed throughout my life, especially my sexuality, because of, I've talked about this before, but I think I talked about this with you, but just basically the way I was raised and, and nothing was wrong with the way I was raised, but there was a lot of shame around that. And so I think tapping more into certain goddess archetypes and learning more about the feminine and curviness and softness and voluptuousness, all of that, introducing my life to that really allowed me to step more into my feminine. And I've lived in different places in the world that have each taught me different sides of myself that were also repressed. In Thailand and in Asia, I saw a new side of myself of just relaxation and trusting everything would be okay. And when I came to Amsterdam, a lot of that as well, and a lot of just stepping more and more into my independence and just so many different sides that I never really identified as in my life, I have learned to incorporate more of that. And I think goddess archetypes are really beautiful, especially when you adopt the idea that there are many and you are all of them. You are all of them to some extent and you live, you live out those different sides of you. I also have um, this animal spirit deck, this card deck and I think it's really cool because it also makes me think of that I have all these different aspects and qualities of different animals not just one animal that I'm a lot alike but all these different animals and all the different qualities they have and attributes I can live out those certain things throughout a day and 
they're great metaphors and they're beautiful. And I think it's really powerful that you have such innate, intuitive wisdom to get in touch with these archetypes, especially with the Lady of Communion. I'm obsessed. I love her already. And I never would even have thought about becoming more of this feminine goddess you want to be like by going out and doing archery and playing with earth and being with horses. So that's really cool. I'm really excited. And and so you have this, obviously you have this wisdom with knowing these things. It's just in you. But do you believe that other people can really learn to, to gain this awareness around the different goddess archetypes after learning more about them and then they can hold that same type of power that you have as well? Oh, definitely. Because like you said, we all have it within us. You know, we're unlimited beings, whether or not you choose to believe it, you know, depending on how many, you know, stories you've believed, how much has been imprinted on you and, you know, just how closed off you've become as a result of incarnating on this planet at this time, you might not be aware of how infinite you actually are. So none of those things are things you learn. None of those things are things you need to practice. None of those things are, you know, none of those qualities are qualities you have to, you know, imprint on yourself because you already have them. So the thing we do is we strip away all the gunk. We just clear it out. We like Get a clean slate and then underneath all of your programming, all of your conditioning, stories, trauma, blocks, whatever, you are infinite. And so the goddess archetypes are awesome because you will work with all of them. You know, if you really are interested in it, if you're like, hell yeah, I want to do this, you know, you would work with all of the 13 goddess archetypes. And as a result of it, you would bring out all parts of you in an equal way and in this way have access to your full range like I already mentioned and of course like since this is who and what you are it's something to remember you know it's not something to learn if you're ever hanging out with a priestess something you'll hear all the time is remembering remember it's like priestesses don't sit down with books and study stuff like not when it comes to priestess stuff um there's my favorite book about priestesshood is called The Gaia Codex by Sarah Drew. And there's this amazing, amazing passage in it. And I'm, I even want to see. Oh, yeah, here, because I have my journal on the floor in front of me. And she wrote, we priestesses read the codex in the trees and leaves. We see it in our visions and dreams. This has been our way. We have not needed manuscripts to do this. Mm. So it is within you. And if this resonates with you in any way, and if your soul has guided you to be on this call, and if you haven't, you know, jumped off by now, <laughs> it seems like, you know, there is a part of you that's interested. You know, it seems like there is a part of you that wants to, you know, remember what else you are. And it's so easy to remember that because you're it already. What's some of the gunk that you see most often? Like you said, stripping out of the gunk from our lives, the traumas, taking all of that away and remembering, believing it's within you already. What's some of the gunk that you often see get in the way of people being able to access this? Family stuff. If you've ever sat down with a friend or a therapist or a coach and you've just, you know, done this inquiry of where does it come from, you'll see that your biggest imprinting happens between the ages of zero. You know, well, starting from 
the moment you're in your mom's womb, like that's where the strongest imprinting happens, you and your mom's womb where you download all of her stuff and the eight generations before that. So this is basically being stored in your DNA. And then you're also, you know, basically like a sponge until you're between like seven and 10 years old. So I'm also studying family constellation therapy right now because I noticed that you know, in my work with clients, it always comes down to family stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. When my clients come to me and they say, I just am so <laughs> unsure. Oh, sorry, I don't know what Hey, hey. <laughs> you scared me. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Alrighty, right. So, <laughs> that's life. Um, yeah, so everything always comes down to family stuff. And so I'm studying family constellation therapy, and I'm about to be a certified practitioner, which is really exciting for me because I found that releasing our family stuff is really the fastest, easiest way to get started because your family energetic field, everything that happened with your family, the eight generations of especially your feminine lineage that came before you have the biggest impact on you because if you think about Okay, so you might not know this, but the egg that turned into you was in your mother's womb when she was only five months old in her mom's womb. Oh, my gosh, what? So it's so incredible. I'm getting goosebumps even just thinking about this because I think it's just so fucking cool. So there's research that has been done that shows that up to eight and sometimes even ten generations of transgenerational trauma and patterns is stored in our DNA. It's just the strongest imprint. So, you know, if you've had like some some things happen to you in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s where somebody was mean to you or somebody was like, you know, or something didn't go your way, like that's your fate. You have everything you need to work through that. You know, like that's just your fate. You know, you wouldn't go through it if you didn't have the tools to process it. But carrying the trauma of your ancestors and their patterns and the deep, deep, deep imprinting that you've received throughout your childhood, like that's oftentimes stuff that you don't have the tools to transform. Since part of it is other people's stuff, like you just can't, I mean, you can very much handle your own shit, but you can't handle other people's shit because it's theirs. And so I found that, you know, going to the family stuff right away, clearing out the family system, making sure that, you know, we work through all of the unlovability issues, all of the I don't like myself issues, all of the I don't trust myself, all of the I have to depend on other people, you know, whatever whatever um, conclusions you came to as a child, as opposed, you know, as a result of seeing your parents live and taking on the way that they do life, clearing that away first makes just the biggest impact because it's almost like it's almost like your energy field is full of, of junk and then you're trying to go out and do life and you're trying to go out and do self-development and it's it's like we've never even really cleared anything that's below that. Like we've never even created a clean slate. It's like we keep putting furniture into a room but we've never really, you know, cleaned out anything. So it's just totally overcrowded. So I also found that when we do the family stuff first, we're able to access our deeper inner wisdom. We're able to remember, you know, for example, the goddess archetypes. We're able to remember what our soul's journey is like. We're able to really hear intuition. And then when we do things like, um, you know, self-development, when we do all those things, it kind of sticks more, you know, because there's not this deep, deep, deep 
belief that tells you that you're unlovable, that that tells you that life is hard, or that tells you that you know money will never come to you, or that it's always running through your fingers. You know, whatever your story is, but you're really clean, and you can live life as you, and not as you know somebody you never even chose to be. What's something that you're cleaning out right now in your life, if anything at all? Are you on autopilot, or is there still more stories that are coming up that you're cleaning out? Right now. Yeah. Oh, it's so good you asked this because I've had a low period just recently. Um, and yeah, you know, sometimes it feels like my stuff just smacks me across the face and I have to sit down and take my time to heal it because there is a lot of junk in my system. And I'm healing it, you know, layer by layer. And something that is a big thing in my life is healing abundance. Healing abundance blocks, healing blocks around receiving love. Abundance is very closely related to mom stuff, you know, too. Because mom was life. Mm -hmm. You know, you as a baby coming out of your mom, you know, mom was life. You know, no life without mom. She gave you the greatest gift of all. And so if you've had like some rejection of mom or just weird stuff with mom, or even with any other family member, that really, really, really impacts the way you receive love. And especially for me, love in the form of money and finances. I mean, I am doing pretty well, but a lot of this was buried really deep inside me. And I had to really hustle to make money, and that's just not how I choose to live anymore. So that's like my growing edge right now. I love this. And actually, I, I listened to an episode you did with Madeline. Uh, how do you say your last name? Giles? I think so. Yeah. You did an episode with her, right? Yeah. She's okay. the angel lady. I love her. Yeah. I was listening to that with y'all, and it, I loved it because one of the things you discussed in that episode was like hustling and using all of these marketing tactics and how that didn't ring true to either one of you. You just want to be like authentic and create and share your message in a way that feels right and isn't all pressured to like use this marketing tactic and this funnel and affiliate sales and blah, blah, blah. And I love that conversation because I feel the exact same way. There's all this pressure to hustle, 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 do all these different types of campaigns and marketing and funnels and all this stuff. But like me, you, Madeline, like, and I know quite a, a few other people that just doesn't feel aligned with us. It just doesn't really feel that aligned and there's all this pressure to do it. But once you finally stop using those tactics that don't feel good or living a life of hustle when you want a life of flow, oh my gosh, it's such a release, such a relief. And listening to that show with y'all was a really good reminder for me because I was just like, oh yeah, it's okay to not do things the way other people are doing because like, I mean, you, what, what's the quote? It's kind of like birds of a feather flock together. Like, I can look at the people that I resonate with the most of their work and I really resonate with yours and um, my friend Thais Sky and quite a few other people who don't really want to live an entire life of hustle and it feels good for me to let go of those stories that I have to be this particular way to make money, to have abundance. I don't have to do or buy into all these stories that abundance only comes whenever you're doing things one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten if I only want to do these other things over here that feel really good to me. And that has been such a good source of permission to give myself and a really good reminder that you don't have to 
always do what everyone else is doing and you can really be true to yourself and still live in, in this place of abundance. And I'm having a similar realization, a similar story breakdown as you are, as you are because of this right here. I'm also going through that as well. I know we talked about that in Amsterdam, those stories, <laughs> like just getting really fed up sometimes with the hustle and wanting to live more in the flow. Mm, totally. And it's also funny because when we look at other people, oh, I remember this moment where my coach told me and she's like coaching those like big shot coaches, like the most successful people in the industry, whatever that even means. And she was like, Hannah, you're doing so incredibly well. Like you have a full life. You have friends, you have, you know, love, you have money, you're traveling, you're genuinely happy. Like that's what everybody wants. And I was thinking, but I'm doing everything differently than everybody else. Like, I don't have this thing that this other entrepreneur has. Like, I'm not doing that. And she was like, well, yeah, because you don't want their lives. Like, you don't want to get divorced. Like, you don't want to have your children hate you. Like, and that's something, something like clicked in my brain. And I was like, yeah, if I do everything differently than 99% of the people on the planet, I'll get something different than them. Mm -hmm. You know, chances are I'll be happier than them. I'll be, you know, my life will just be different. And it's so fun to just discover it on your own. You know, not meaning that you'll never, you know, accept any help, but just to follow your own gut, to just do whatever pleases. And my personal um, compass is to do what feels light, you know. And this might sound easy, but your body actually knows, you know. Does something feel heavy or medium, or a light in your body. And then whatever feels light, I'll just do it. You know, no questions asked, no because, blah, 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 no justifications, no whatever. I just follow what's light. And it's a crazy journey because you'll see, you know, like you said, everybody else is doing something differently. You know, people are doing other stuff. But I don't know, you're here to do you. Mm -hmm. Right, and this has been said before, but like success can look different to everyone. So like maybe there's someone out there that's hustling really hard and they have 500,000 followers and they're making seven figures a year, but they are not happy and they're, they don't have a really healthy work life balance and they aren't really learning because they're just sticking to the same things that have been working. And then someone else could have 2000 people on their email list and that's it. And they are happy making money and flourishing in their relationships. And what people want is all different. It's very different, and that's totally fine. Choose the path that works for you. I love your guiding force, your north star of what feels light. It's basically like saying what makes you expand versus contract. That's another way to think about it. Um, and I think that's beautiful. That's a great north, north star, a way to look at what is good in your body and what is not good in your body. So... Before we head on over to the quick fire round, we'll ask you a few questions. Where can people connect with you and follow you online, ask you more questions? Yeah, ask me all the questions. Um, my virtual home is hannahbeer.com. It's H-A-N-N-A and then B-I-E-R.com. And you can just, you know, contact me through the contact form. I love getting emails. So definitely reach out. I also have a little bit of a surprise for the listeners. I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun 
to do some goddess energy healing sessions. So if you're listening to the show and you're like, this is weird and kind of cool and kind of awesome, and you just want to like try it out, um, you can book a session with me and just like see how it feels and just, you know, we can chat about the goddess archetypes. I can do some energy healing on you. We can really, you know, look at what our archetypes would be helpful for you to embody in your life. And if this sounds fun for you in any way, I would offer 20% off um, this one session with me. And you can just use the promo code Maddie on my website. So the 60-minute session, 20% off. And Send me an email that it's about goddess archetypes, and I'm really excited to meet with you because that's a really cool way to connect with people. I, I would love to see you in a session. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. What a gift. Thank you. They, yeah, for sure. People, listen, do it. Sounds awesome. You'll learn so much, and then that'll give you so much insight into what you want to move forward in your life working on or, I guess, playing with, remembering. Beautiful. Thank you, Hannah. Okay, quick fire round time. Just a few questions. Okay, number one. If you were to win an award for anything, what do you think you'd be nominated for? I think uh, what's coming to mind, and I'll just go with it since the first thing that popped into my mind, I think it would be something about telling jokes. Because if you know me in real life, like I tell, I, I tell jokes basically all the time. Like I'm just like giggling all the time, and I think I would be nominated for funniest person in 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 just her everyday life. <laughs> I love yeah. it. What is a weird food combo that you love that you don't think other people might get? Weird. It's funny because when you love it, it's not so weird to you. But what would other people think is weird? Sometimes I put potato chips on sandwiches. Does that count? Yeah, I think most people do that in private. Oh, <laughs> maybe not. I know I do that. It's kind of like dipping like your salty fries in chocolate shakes. It's so good. Whoa! I would have to try that. No. Oh my gosh. Well, y'all don't have Wendy's, I don't think, but it's a thing I used to do at Wendy's when I was little because they have like the Frosties and they're like chocolate Frosties and you dip your fries in. So good. But I think the chips thing Ooh. can work. All right. Stick with that. All right. What's a who's a celebrity crush you have? Okay, I want to go with something that's necessarily a crush, but somebody I really, really, really admire. And that's Ludacris and DJ Khaled, because I so admire their confidence. I just think it's so cool that there are people out there, you know, just giving their all, doing their thing. And I think it's so attractive and charming when somebody is like clearly not perfect, clearly not everybody is approving of who they are and of what they're doing, but they still have this confidence to just be them. And yeah, but like, Okay, so I'm not sexually attracted to them, but I'm kind of like crushing on their confidence because I think it's so cool and it's inspiring. Mm. Who is an actress that you would cast to play the role of you in a movie about your life? Oh, that's such a good question. First thing that comes to mind. Blake Lively. Yeah, that's good. What is one must-read book? The Gaia Codex by Sarah Drew. Make sure I have that link in the show notes. What are two things you want to see happen in your life in the next five years? Two random things. 
big things, small things? Move back to a tropical place. Um, yeah. And I would love, love, love to really go snowboarding again. Like really snowboarding for a couple of months. Just like doing a whole winter season. Jeez, come to Colorado. I'm going to ask Yeah. That. It would be awesome. Last question. If you had any other life with a different job, a different location, maybe even being a male, whatever, what would it be? What would you be doing? Who would you be in this other life? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I think I would be a biologist and researcher, you know, researching nature. I have a friend who has the coolest job in my eyes. She is a biologist and she's researching whales and dolphins in order to um, try and prevent their extinction. So it's something like that. I would be like a Lara Croft, Tomb Raider kind of cool, sexy person who's saving the world. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. That's what I wanted to be a marine biologist for most of my life until I finally got to college. And then I was like, English, whatever's <laughs> easiest. That's great. I love it. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for being a returning guest. This was so juicy, so juicy, so feminine, so intuitive. I am obsessed with all of this and I'm just obsessed with you and your wisdom and your openness and willingness to share. And also I hope everyone takes note of your confidence because you're a very confident person. Like you, you, you're not afraid to say who you are. Yeah. I'm a priestess. Yeah. I've got intuitive wisdom. Yeah. I've got this gift to blah, blah, blah. Like you are not afraid to speak who you are, share who you are confidently. I think everyone can learn something from that and learn to just, Start to step into your power and not be afraid to speak of the gifts that you have. You're a great light for that. So thank you so much. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. I love you, Maddie. Thank you so, so much for having me on the show again. Wasn't that an incredible conversation with Hannah? I just love her. So if you want to get all the show notes for this and links and all the beautiful things we mentioned, you can go to the show notes for this episode on my website, maddiemoon.com slash hannah-beer-two, because this is the second episode with her. So check that out. And while you're over there, if you have not yet downloaded the free audio book that I've created just for you called Four Pillars of Femininity for Perfectionists, you can get that on the homepage, pretty much on any page. I would love for you to check that out. Listen, it's basically like an exclusive podcast that's all about getting your femininity on whenever you're driven by a very masculine mind. So check that out. Love to hear your thoughts and stay tuned for another episode next Wednesday.